I would go to the gym and stay there as long as I could. Then I would run errands. Like if I could just put off eating as long as I could, I was in this magical fat loss burning window for so long, (laughs) you know, and then I would come home and I would just be so ravenous and so hungry. And I would, I was like the hungry caterpillar eating a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, nothing was really satiating me. And like, when I really started eating protein and prioritizing my protein and really monitoring it, I was like, not the hungry caterpillar anymore. I was satiated for like the first time. Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we have a guest with us. Joanne, who you may know on Instagram as Average Joanne Fitness, a friend of ours via the Instagrams. We, all three of us, have quite a lot in common. (laughs) And we've been through a lot of the same diet nonsense, exercise nonsense. So, really excited to have you here today, Joanne. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys. So, first of all, I'm curious why Average Joanne? I love that handle, but tell us why. You know, it's funny. There's a lot of different angles of why I chose that. One was like, I've been doing fitness for so long and loving all sorts of sorts of fitness, but I really felt stuck um, and stuck on average and not being able to progress. So that was something that I, and I also wanted to always work in the fitness field, but I always felt like I wasn't fit enough or didn't look, I looked too average to do that. So that was something Mm -hmm. in my head. And then I also just, there are so many amazing athletes in this world. At my gym, there is this girl who was a CrossFit athlete. Like I'm not the same type of human that she is. So I am happy to be an average human when you think about how amazing, all the amazing things that humans can do. And then the other one, it's just an ode to uh, dodgeball. And I'd much rather be a member of Average Joe's than Globo Gym. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, so like, there's, there's a God. gym of like regular guys and they're kind of all, but they're good friends. And the name of the gym is Average Joe's. That's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. <laughs> it's but I funny. get that sometimes. People are like, why do you call yourself average? And I, I really don't think of it as a put down. I, I think humans are so amazing. Like to be an average human is like, amazing. You are capable of so much. So that's how I look at it. I love that. Give us a rundown, Joanne. Like what? I know you well enough to know. I know you've done a lot of the fitness stuff. How did you kind of get started in that? It's funny. I was thinking about like, well, where do I start? Like this whole journey of like diet culture and everything. And it's really funny. I don't know if you have a memory like this, but I remember when I was very, very young, probably six years old, I was standing next to my cousin and my cousin is like very naturally tiny. And I was always just like a thicker child. And my brother saying to my cousin, Beth, Beth, you know, if a wind comes along, you're going to blow away. And then my other brother was like, not Joanne. (laughs) Oh, geez. She's not going anywhere. And it was like, ouch, you know, so young, but like, it really stuck with me. And, you know, growing up, I was just always I look back now and I was not an overweight teen, but I was definitely like more of a, a thicker girl. And then when I went to college, definitely drinking beer and eating pizza and things, things got a little 
more out of control. And then when I came home one year for the summer, I was like, this is it. I'm getting myself together. And it was the early 90s. And I totally eliminated all fat from my diet and did step aerobics every day. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I also, my parents run a farm. So I worked on the farm every day. And that summer I lost, like, I didn't weigh myself all the all that much, but I lost between 30 and 40 pounds that summer by doing that. And you can do that when you're 21, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I look back and that's kind of where I started out ever since then. Fitness has always been something that, that I did, but it was always kind of cardio focused and trying to find going to a class and finding this one person who could push me. And it was all about that. And I, I always felt like, where am I going to see this muscle that other people have? You know, like, why don't I have that from doing what I'm doing? And then I had kids and I, I walked a lot. I tried to stay active after the kids came, but I was, you know, kind of really wanting to get, you know, my body kind of back. It didn't even feel like my own. And I was laying in bed one morning and I heard an infomercial for Tracy Anderson method. And I don't know if you guys know who Tracy Anderson is, but she is the trainer to like Gwyneth Paltrow. And she's the original person of like the tiny pink dumbbells and who was like, women shouldn't lift more than 12 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I went whole hog on Tracy Anderson. I did it for three years. Um, And she would have you doing cardio and all these like little movements for your accessory muscles. <laughs> and yeah, it was crazy. And I did lose some weight, but then I also just like, again, I looked, there was, there was nothing there. Like my thighs were getting smaller, but they were just, I wasn't really happy. And then I had this invitation to go into the city one day and work out with Tracy. And I met her in real life. And I, this picture is, I've shared it on my Instagram and I stood next to her and I posted the picture on my Facebook. And I don't know if you guys have this now where you get like Facebook memories and you're like, so cringe. <laughs> <laughs> like, how could I say that? And it was, my caption was kicking it with my fitness guru, Tracy Anderson. And her thighs were literally toothpicks. She had such huge thigh gap. And all my friends were like, Joanne, who is this person you're standing next to? You know, you look like a more of a fitness person than she does. And it, and it was really like a turning point for me when I just looked at her, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, that's not even remotely what I want to do. She looks so frail. Like she's not going to age well. She's going to fall and it's not going to be good. And that really started planting seeds that I needed to change. And then I kind of went on this whole, I went completely opposite. I think I after that, I tried a CrossFit gym. And that was so odd to me because like Tracy Anderson is like literally doing the same motion with a teeny weight forever to me walking into a CrossFit gym. And this guy being like, uh, we're going to try to find your one rep max. And I was like, <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> yeah. I was like, if something is so heavy, I can only lift it one time. Like probably shouldn't do that. Right. <laughs> Like, I'll save that for when, like, the car is on my child. (laughs) I don't need to train that. And I experimented with CrossFit. CrossFit was what turned me on to paleo. It's like all these things, like, spin into the next kind of Mm -hmm. thing, you know? From CrossFit, I did paleo. I didn't really stick with CrossFit for too long. 
I was able to find another group fitness class that I liked, but it was again, same. I loved it. I loved other people there. I loved the instructor, but it was like different every day. Hard to progress. Yeah. Hard to progress. And, you know, from paleo, I went to keto. I went to bulletproof coffee. I was any, any trend that came along. I was like all in, you know, just really not getting anywhere. And then there's a gym in my town that was started off as CrossFit. And it's like half the space is CrossFit. The other half is like um, kind of metabolic training. And I saw them on Instagram and I was like, well, because my other class that I liked, I could only go a couple days a week. She only taught. And I'm like, if this, this is here, I can go every day. So I would go to that gym every day. And some days I'd stay for two classes. I'd take a class. I'd take a CrossFit class. I was intermittent fasting. I wasn't eating till noon. And like, again, nothing. Like I still, this elusive fit (laughs) person wasn't there. And I was really getting frustrated. And somewhere along the line, I I really tried to think like the two people that really started getting the wheels turning for me. um, One was Brett Contreras. I started following him online and I started seeing these women doing like, you know, hip thrusts and stuff, but they looked awesome. Like they looked so athletic and strong. And they also had body types I that were attainable to me, you know, like not like the Tracy Anderson thing where I was like, what, what am I doing? And then the other was Jordan Syatt and who started talking a lot about protein. And I had never really even looked into my protein. I just kind of assumed that as a carnivore, I was getting the protein that I needed. And so it, these things kind of started kicking around my head. And then I decided I wanted to start lifting weights. So I asked a guy at my gym to train me and this was before COVID. So I'm still in the same mindset of like all the things, like I have to do all the things. So then I would go take my class and then I would train with him after my class. Uh, And I would have probably done that and not been so successful if it weren't for COVID. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) And classes all went away and I was able to keep lifting and we lifted over zoom and I had a training partner and it was really fun. I have a, you know, I had a decent amount of weights in my basement and I just kept going with the lifting. And then I started tracking my protein and, you know, and then I finally went into like a deficit and lo and behold, I really do have some muscles under there. And then now I'm more, I've been maintaining now for about two years and I'm really, I love it. I love building muscle and feeling strong and, and now I teach a strength class at that gym. <laughs> so it's been, it's been really cool. So that's kind of the whole story. And I think Iris and I bonded. Sometimes I started posting about during the COVID, I was posting with all my cookbooks, like all my paleo yeah. cookbooks and things. <laughs> all and- the nonsense we've accumulated over the years. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I donated those a long time ago. <laughs> I actually did too. Before I moved out of Michigan, I I had a whole box of them that I got rid of. There's only like two that I kept because some of the recipes in there are actually pretty good. Although I don't follow them. Like one of them is a paleo cookbook and it calls, of course, for like almond milk and what arrowroot flour or something. I just use like actual milk and real flour and it's like really good. (laughs) So I still, I have a few of them still, but yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of money wasted. We live and we learn, hey. I still like really appreciate breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like cooking with real breadcrumbs. Yeah. I've been trying so many weird substitutes for so long. And like, 
or just like even like coconut aminos. Like, I mean, they're fine, but like soy sauce is better. Like, why was I so worried yes. about, like coconut aminos? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I remember one, I don't even know what I was doing at this point, but I had to order coconut aminos on Amazon because I couldn't find them anywhere in the stores near me. And I was convinced that that's what I had to do, of course. So I ordered them on Amazon <laughs> and I had like four giant bottles of them. And I think I used like maybe an 18th of one of them. And I found them like four years later when I was moving. <laughs> I finally got rid of them. I was like, what was I doing? Holy cow. Well, and also like for me, all that stuff really was never, you and I have talked about this too. I was like getting to the root or like calling your own bullshit and things like that. And like, it was never getting to what the problem was. And it was me always being like trying to find this one thing that I could change and it would solve everything. And my real problem was like, I needed to be accountable to my portions and how much I was eating. I had this idea that if everything was paleo and from the earth, it wouldn't add up onto my body. And I was eating so many nuts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that. Yes, that's right. And th there was also like when I really was doing paleo it was like, I think everything had bacon and avocado in it, you know, like those things are all delicious. But like, you know, now I know like they're mainly toppings for me. They're not like <laughs> the a main. meal. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like, I just never wanted to be accountable to portions. I just always thought if my diet was so fit into this box that it was perfect and I would never really need to. And I, I also remember being at like a party once and there was like this huge charcuterie board and just feeling like I was crushing life because I was drinking vodka soda and eating like salami and cheese, <laughs> but not the crackers. <laughs> you know? uh, not the crackers though. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Like, I'm glad that I know more about nutrition and just how it, it all fits together. And um, that's why I'm so passionate just about sharing things online. Cause I just, I really want people to kind of understand like how it all fits together for them. Yeah. And that's the disconnect for a lot of people. And it's actually what I hear from a lot of personal trainers, like in the gym is that, you know, you can control so much with a workout, but the missing pieces when they leave, there's nothing about nutrition anywhere. And that's what it boils down to when you want to make changes like fat loss, right? Yeah. And nobody likes to be told they're eating too much. <laughs> I mean, I don't like to be told I'm eating too much. It's hard to hear. Well, and also like, I just was never fueling myself properly. I was obviously very active and I wasn't eating breakfast. I was eating, co drinking coffee. I just had this mentality that like, if I could just go, I would go to the gym and stay there as long as I could. Then I would run errands. Like if I could just put off eating as long as I could, I was in this magical fat loss burning window for so long, <laughs> you know, and then I would come home and I would just be so ravenous and so hungry. And I would, I was like the hungry caterpillar eating a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, nothing was really satiating me. And like, when I really started eating protein and prioritizing my protein and really monitoring it, I was like, not the hungry caterpillar anymore. I was satiated for like the first time. And I was like, it was great. I mean, I used to like, I remember, shoot, this is another thing that probably COVID helped me with too. I used to not eat breakfast, go work out forever, then run errands. I'd be at Whole Foods and I would eat like handfuls of like the truffled cheese because <laughs> <laughs> I was so hungry and I would think this doesn't really count, <laughs> you know, like things like that, like so silly. But here, and I also like, I don't really regret any of those steps. I think it all helps me really understand where I'm at now. And like, mm -hmm. that's my story. Do you see those light bulbs go off, Brooke, in your clients when they start to really track and notice 
maybe they're not even overeating all the time. Maybe they're undereating and like they're estimating more than what they actually are eating. And they think they're eating way too much. But then when you actually get into it, you're realizing, oh man, I've been shorting myself for so long. No wonder I can't stop eating at night. No wonder, you know? Yeah. Oh, yes and no. So what I notice a lot is I get a lot of people who will say, well, you know, I'm just not eating enough. That's why I'm not losing body fat because the majority Mm -hmm. of my clients that come to me are for fat loss and I coach for anything, muscle gain, maintenance, all of it. But majority of my clients are fat loss and they'll tell me like, oh, I don't eat very much and I'm still gaining body fat. And what it what usually ends up happening is they're not eating very much throughout the day. But when they are eating, it's a lot more like higher calorie, less nutritious food. And they're not satiating. They're not satiating foods where there's fiber and protein. And usually it's the diet these individuals have is very low in protein. They think they're getting enough protein, kind of like what Joanne said. They think they're getting enough protein because, you know, they're eating chicken, they're eating this. But what they don't realize is just how much protein you need in order to be satiated. So I noticed that quite often in clients. And once they do start tracking their protein intake and they do start eating a lot more nutritious foods that are lower calorie, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that an apple is more satiating than a serving of Doritos. It's very interesting and it's very rewarding to see that light bulb turn on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I And it also just really makes you like, I, I did a post about pears the other day, a few weeks ago, like it makes you appreciate things. Like I just I saw love that. pears, yeah. you know, like they're so good. And like, I don't think I ever really got like how things really fit and um, just their value and like, or like I would sit down and have some fruit, never pair it with protein. And now like every time I sit down for most, not every time, but I always try to make things more complete. I just feel really good. Now if I can get my kids to eat this way, I'd be much happier, but they're teenagers. So they're, they're resistant. Yeah. There's power in that tracking. I think a lot of people feel like is just automatically restrictive. And some people it might be, you know, obviously people have different personalities and different histories that impact things. But I think the automatic assumption across the board is that tracking is kind of like a punishment, you know? It's kind of like a log of look at all this stuff I did instead of kind of like an experiment. Like, how do I feel when I eat this? How do I feel when I eat these two things together? I know I'm one of those weirdos who likes cottage cheese, just plain cottage cheese without any seasoning. (laughs) I also know that is not really going to satisfy me for very long unless I throw some berries in there, maybe even some granola. And it's just kind of like treating yourself as a science experiment. You know, I know that I train so much better if I have carbs before. I also know that if I don't have some protein as well, I'm going to be starving by the time I'm done. So it's just kind of maybe shifting that mindset a little bit from automatically assuming the bad. I think it can be super empowering. That's I dabbled in a little nutrition coaching. And one of the things I would ask people to do is just track without judgment for a little while and like study yourself. Most likely people can't even do that. Like they're just so, they just really weren't into it, but you really learn so much. And like, one of the things I learned too, is like, I wasn't making a plan for myself. I was going places for the kids 
and knowing I was going to be gone for so long and then not even thinking about like that I was going to be hungry too. And my boys play hockey and like, you know, hockey rinks are not known for like their amazing nutrition choices. And now like, I don't really go any place without like a yogurt or something kind of packed to go because I know that like watching my kids do sports actually makes me hungry. So <laughs> now I just make a plan as opposed to just like, I used to always think that somehow there was some power in some discipline and being able to go without eating. And I don't look at that way at all anymore. I'm always about trying to stay fueled because I know when I'm fueled, I make the best choices and I feel the best. That's what I was telling the women in my the class that I teach. I was like, people think like dieting is about like buckling down and being hungry. And there are some times when you're on a cut that you're hungry, but it's more about being prepared. So you don't get hungry, you know, like finding those foods that keep you feeling good so you can make good choices. And so you're, you're not at the, you know, the whim of like whatever's available, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, it's funny cause I haven't even announced this on social media, but I actually just started a little mini cut yesterday and yeah. It was so funny because I posted my lunch from yesterday and it was like a blue cheese and steak salad. It had a hard boiled egg on it. I had like these boneless buffalo chicken bites and I had people messaging me like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of calories for lunch. And I'm like, first of all, why are you so concerned with my lunch? Uh, Second, (laughs) I was like, well, yeah, I beef up my meals that way I don't get hungry in between my meals. And if I do start to get a little bit of hunger, I have a snack. I have a snack with protein, whether it's like a cheese stick and an apple or something small. I think that people are so used to when they are tracking or when they're in a deficit, they try to eat as little as they can to try to get by. And when they don't realize that it's kind of ass backwards, right? Yeah. So it was just very interesting to have people reaching out like that's so much food and they had no idea I was in a cut. So it was like (laughs) that would really blow their mind. You know? Yeah. I was like, oh, well, let me tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, I love that you brought up tracking as well, because I think that a lot of people don't realize there are a lot of different ways to track nutrition that don't involve calories or macros or anything like that. Like people totally like tracking is just a tool. And I think people put so much emphasis on what tracking is that they don't fully grasp that tracking is just another way. Like it's just self-monitoring. It's just another form of data. And so I love that you guys brought that up because I think that it's wildly underrated because like these different diets, like paleo, like keto, like intermittent fasting, it's almost as if they give people this illusion that if you just follow these rules, it's just Mm going to melt away. And it's just so backwards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like any tool. You can either build a house or break a window. I heard that phrase somewhere (laughs) a while ago and I love it. It's like cardio is a tool for improving your heart health. You could also beat yourself into the ground with it. You know, lifting weights is a tool for getting strong, putting on muscles so you can age well and be able to carry yourself when you're older, or you can beat yourself into the ground with it. Tracking is a tool for being aware of your intake, or you can turn it into a judgment thing and beat yourself into the ground with it. It's like anything, the approach really matters. And like you said, Brooke, there's not one way to do it. Like you can either track your calories, track your macros, you can just have a notebook and write everything down. 
I mean, there's apps on your phone now. You can do that. You don't have to have an actual notebook. There's yeah. many ways to be aware. Yeah, yeah. Or just even starting to notice the patterns of like, when are you overeating? Or like, when are you feeling like out of control? And then you'll start to be like, oh, like I didn't eat lunch that day or I really went a long time. I was driving all around and like you start to see these yeah. patterns. Or I had a super emotional phone call and all I wanted to do was smash the gallon of ice cream that's in my fridge. Yeah. Just Yeah, exactly. And like, I think a big turning point for me was like, you know, when you're in a deficit and you screw up, instead of being like, I screwed up, I, I'm terrible. Now I like look at everything. I'm like, well, what can I learn from that? And like, that's what I've learned. Like, that's why I bring food. Like your screw ups are more like opportunities for you to like learn. So yeah, I'm actually, we're going skiing next week and I'm like getting all my food that I'm bringing with me ready because I know that when I travel, like your protein and my fiber take a hit. <laughs> And yep. those are two things. This has like to like like quote Ben Carpenter has like fuck all to do with my body weight, but just more like how I feel. Yeah. So like I'm bringing my oatmeal and my protein powder and chia seeds because I like to be consistent with everything. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like that. Yeah, I don't want to go out skiing unless I've had a good morning, you know. So like I'm bringing all my stuff with me so that I can make sure I stay on track. And then because I am on vacation. So if I know that I'll eat well, like I have my, and some things I'm bringing for lunches too. And then in the afternoon I can go out, I'll have a drink with my husband. I'll order some bar food that that'll be, feel like vacation to me. But like those little, little things that I have now that kind of keep me on course that make me feel my best are like really important to me. Yeah. I love that. And I think that who likes to go skiing when their body physically doesn't feel good. And right. if you know what makes your body feel good, why wouldn't you? I was just thinking when I had the shift of like on vacation specifically, thinking of I have to stay within these calories to quote unquote maintain or even lose, you know, I'd try to lose on vacation, which I don't think is necessarily the right time to try. <laughs> when I switched from that to like, how do I want to feel? I want to be awake. I don't want to be constipated. I want to be yeah. able to have energy, go do stuff with the people I'm with. That was huge. Because again, it was not like a punishment, like I have to do this. Not to mention like, I'm not providing most of the food. I don't know what the hell's in most of it. It's delicious and that's great. But there are some decisions I can make that will help me feel my best. Trying to get some protein, trying to get some vegetables, like moving my body a little bit, whether or not I'm actually working out on vacations, I don't nowadays. But that shift was like a world of difference for me. And it made it a lot easier, honestly. Yeah, there's this woman I follow on Instagram She's actually like a fitness competitor, but she was out skiing and um, I messaged her and I was like, so tell me about how you work in like your leg day with skiing. I was kind of curious because last year we went skiing and we skied six days in a row and I actually could not do leg day for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I like came home. I just had no energy. I just couldn't get it together. And um, she's like, well, I don't really ski all that much. I just take my kids. When you ski, she's like, you need carbs. She's like, you need to eat a lot of carbs. She's like, you use so much energy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure I have two pouches of oatmeal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and lots of fruit because she told me to do this. But it's really good advice too, because like, it does take a lot of energy and, you know, like there's no award for like being the person who eats the least, like, and feels the crappiest. Like, no, I'm done with that. I know. <laughs> I hate that. I feel like people wear that as a badge of honor and it makes me want to shake them. <laughs> It's like, no, you feel terrible. You know you do. Why are you proud of this? I don't understand. 
Yeah. I think about like me going around just drinking coffee and not eating till noon. And I'm like, gosh, I'm sorry for everybody I interacted with. <laughs> That's probably pretty crabby, you know, and now my workouts feel so much better. You know, it's better all around. It Life is better yeah. when you have a little bit of carbs before noon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I wake up pretty early in the morning. Like just naturally I wake up early. I'm it's very weird. I've all of a sudden become a morning person since hey. November. I don't know what happened, <laughs> yeah, but you. you know, I'm not mad about it. I wake up and I'm like, all right. So I, which is nice. Cause I get some, some time alone before the family wakes up. So that's great. But a lot of times I wake up and I'm not super hungry. So I usually like I ate right before we started recording, but usually I eat right around this time and my time it's about between nine 30 and 10. So it's, kind of like fasting, but it's not really like I eat when I'm hungry and I usually eat at yeah. the same time each day. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine going back to when I was actually intermittent fasting <laughs> and waiting until noon to have, you know, a piece of fruit and then four for your first meal. I was like, I look back and I'm like, I was under eating no wonder I was diving headfirst into the pantry at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, starving and then overeating and then not knowing why I wasn't losing weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was this one diet I tried. It was called Alt Shift. I don't know if you guys ever did this one. And it was like, I can't even remember the days, but it was literally like six days or five or six days that were like high fat, low carb, followed by four or five days that were higher carb and then like almost low, low low fat. So complicated. So complicated, (laughs) but also like carbs need some fat to taste good. Like I'm so happy to have this baked potato with nothing on it. It was awful. (laughs) It was miserable. (laughs) Like, I don't know why I thought that was going to be like the magic, the magic thing. And also like when you eat a lot of things like charcuterie, high fat, you don't, I, you don't feel good. Like my heart was racing, like, cause there was so much sodium in what I was eating. Oh man. <laughs> I, I actually have a funny story. This happened to me on Sunday, which is great because it was literally me just not being prepared. And mm. so I don't know if you know, Joanne, but like, I am a pole dancer Yes, and I'm, I'm a definitely- pole instructor. And I was doing a climbs and holds class. Like I was taking the class as a student and it was Super Bowl Sunday. So my fiance, you know, he picked up like a little like meat and cheese board and stuff. I'm like, oh crap. Okay. I'm, I'm hungry. I need to run out the door. What am I going to get? And I literally grabbed like a handful of salami and like ran to my car. I did have a protein shake too. Like I did have a protein shake on my way there, but I'm sitting there driving, eating my salami, everything I would tell my clients not to do. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm climbing and I get down and someone's like, what's that smell? I had like meat sweats and I <laughs> oh smelled God. like salami. It was like, oh my God. And I, I thought started you were say like your fingers were sliding on the pole. Oh, <laughs> that was happening too. Like, don't get me wrong, but my heart rate kept getting higher. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, oh, 
I ate like a handful of salami before coming to class. <laughs> like my, and I didn't drink as much water as I usually do. I wasn't dehydrated, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm bloated. I'm uncomfortable. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it was because I ate too much meat before class and my heart was racing. And so that totally reminded me that I literally just did that on Sunday. I'm yeah, ratting yeah, myself every out. Every once in a while, like I love charcuterie. It's you know, every Christmas yeah. we go crazy with the charcuterie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, I have no regrets. Yeah. And also, I understand how it makes me feel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, well, it was Super Bowl Sunday. So that's definitely yeah. not a regular occurrence. But I was just like, oh, that's right. I'm used to not fueling my body this way. I'm used to feeling my body with foods that are a little more balanced, like a meal that's a little more balanced before, not just a bunch of protein and a little fat from the salami. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I was thinking about, like, whenever you guys think about this, like, this is something I kind of struggle with a little bit now because I don't drink very much anymore. And I mean, I enjoy food. I love good food. But like, when you clean up certain parts of your life, it just seems like all my, a lot of my gatherings, like that I have friends around here, they love to gather over wine and like this excess food, like all this cheese, like, let's not just have cheese. Let's all sit around the cheese. Mm -hmm. Have yes. all the cheese. <laughs> and then we're going to sit here for a very long time and drink this wine. And I don't enjoy that anymore. Um, Cause like, I don't, I know I'm not going to feel good. So I really try so very hard to not really overindulge, but I just wish there was more ways to get together that didn't have, weren't always about this, like, drink and food in excess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, that's I very totally agree. But then I wonder if maybe that's too, I'm getting too far, you know, on one end of the spectrum, but like there was that TikTok, they had like a charcuterie board party and like the doorbell would ring and somebody would show up with like one outrageous board after the other, you know? And I'm just oh, thinking man. like, that's enough food, <laughs> like <laughs> calories just like for months. I mean, I'm sure they're like, and one of the things I've also really learned is like excess food is like a waste. It's already a waste, whether you eat it or throw it out, you know, like it's just already done. So like I've gotten better at like just throwing stuff out. Like the day after Christmas, I'm like, cookies are gone, done. I had them. They were good. But I'm just looking at this party going like, oh my God, like how much food <laughs> these people eat? That's a lot. <laughs> I yeah. think that and like, how do they feel afterwards? Yeah. Like I can't even imagine feeling what I felt in pole class the other day, like <laughs> stuffed full of salami and having a hangover. That would be just, don't put me down for that. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go down this rabbit trail because I want to talk about exercise. So on this track, like how did you feel doing all the little pink dumbbell stuff or step class or whatever it was while you were still in the diet spiral? I was injured all the time. I had terrible oh. shin splints oh. all the time and just different injuries <laughs> from all the pounding. So yeah, I, my body was kind of, it hurt a lot. And now I feel much better. I definitely I need to work more on mobility. That's something I've been trying to work on a little bit, you know, but like, yeah, my body didn't, didn't feel, feel great doing all that stuff repetitively. Yeah. So how did, Obviously, a lot has changed since your Tracy Anderson step aerobics days. What does your training look like now? How has that changed since then to better match your goals? 
So, I mean, well, then it was, oh my gosh. And that's, this is so crazy too, how you just take all these things people say. So she really felt that you should do, you know, this dance, this cardio dance for like at least an hour, a minimum of 30 minutes to an hour, five to six days a week. And then after that, you would do the, your muscular structure work, preferably in a um, heated room. And when I took her class in her studio, the room, it was like Bikram yoga, but you were doing like intense, <laughs> like I was wow. miserable. That miserable. does not seem safe. <laughs> like wow. it was not fun. It was so hot. You know, and the other thing is, I think this is like a lesson I've learned too, is all the the girls who taught or the women who teach that class, they're all dancers. You know, they, they, they don't have those bodies from doing Tracy Anderson method. She hires dancers to lead and they all have beautiful physiques for sure. But like they didn't get it from doing her, her method. So now I, I lift four days a week. I do Jordan lips program. Um, so I have two upper days and two lower days. Today's an upper day. I've got to go do that after this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hypertrophy training, progressive overload. So like, like I track my weight I'm, and I'm always trying to progress somehow. There's certain lifts where I'm just a little bit over. Uh, I don't know if you guys are feeling this. I've been lifting for mm-hmm. so long. Like I'm just really over hip thrusts <laughs> and loading the bar. I don't really feel the need to go super heavy on those anymore or want to, but yeah. So I do one day that's like yesterday was uh, glute focused. And then today is more kind of like an upper body pull day. I have pull-ups on my, on my to-do list and and then we have a quad focus day, which is really funny because I, I used to always think that I had really big thighs. And this that was actually something I was talking about on my Instagram story yesterday. Is like, I think I always thought that underneath my body fat, I was like one of those anatomy posters with all of the muscle. And I just had to figure out how to unveil it. And then when I did my cut, I was happy that there was muscle under there because I had lifted before, but there was not as much muscle in some of the parts as I thought was going to be there. Like my glutes, it, no, <laughs> no, I've over the past year, I've definitely built more quads and glutes and which is kind of funny because I would have thought it's such a total 180 from, you know, where you're, you don't want to grow quads. You know, she didn't even have squats in her plan there. You weren't allowed to squat. Wow. Yeah. It was all done on your hands and knees. It was all these little like Jane Fonda stuff. And now I'm here, like, you know, trying to build my quads. It's like so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. And that's one of the things that a lot of people I think don't understand is that everybody wants to lose, 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 lose without understanding that if they don't have that base of muscle, either you're blessed with it genetically and I love you and hate you at the same time, or you have to build it. You have to put it on. And that does not happen with little pink dumbbells. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't even happen with, you know, like I was taking my, my group fitness class that I would take at my gym was kind of like CrossFit-y. There was heavier mm-hmm. weights there, but so I took, been taking some classes. I went into the city this past weekend and I took a, a strength class just for fun. And I was also curious about the instructor and it was fun. It was like, you had a partner and there was this huge circuit and you did everything for like 40 seconds and then you switched and then you went to another circuit and it was really fun. But like, that's not how you train, if that makes sense. Like I can see like why I, people like doing that and it's good for you. And like, I want to move my body in those ways, but I also know like doing that isn't going to 
it's not going to build my shoulders or build my bicep. Like it's more stuff that I do with my biceps. <laughs> that mm-hmm. I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, yeah, I think kind of running around, you know, running from machine to machine, like every workout had to be so intense. Um, you know, I was always looking, I used to follow this website called rate your burn that would rate all the instructors in Manhattan and who was the hardest, who was the, you know, like the toughest. And that's what I would try to seek out. And now it's, and I actually am most proud of one of the things I'm proud of is like, I went from that group fitness class and then I worked a lot with a strength coach. I had one for a while and then I hired a woman because I really wanted to work with this woman, Sarah, and I worked with her for a while. And I'm really proud that now I do my lifts on my own. Like that was hard. That's a big thing. Cause I always thought I needed that group or that person to push me. And I do miss it. I think I probably would probably deadlift higher with somebody screaming in my ear, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, I'm proud that I can do it on my own. That's like real growth for me. Yeah. I'm also really proud of someone like you, Iris, who does always just lifts on your own. Like you never have taken a class or like a group fitness class. Like you're more, you've kind of always been like a solo person, right? Like when it comes to your fitness. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I took, I did take a, it was a Pilates thing. I did take a Pilates thing like, oh geez, 10 years ago now. And I, I didn't enjoy it because I was very unconditioned and out of shape and very uncomfortable in my own skin. And I think I was too up in my head about that. I enjoy being around other people, which is like I have a little home gym, which thanks COVID, (laughs) we've accumulated some stuff, which is great if we're snowed in. But I like being around other people. So I don't know if I would like it, honestly. But I also know what my goals are. And I really enjoy lifting and the stuff that you typically do in a class. You don't, that doesn't support that. Right. So Mm -hmm. one of the things too, I think, So my gym, you know, during COVID, they stopped, you know, all their classes. And then when people started going back, a lot of people had shifted from taking the group fitness to doing personal training. And a lot of the coaches did personal training. So they didn't want to go back to teaching group uh, because why would they go teach a group class for very little money when they could personal train? And I had asked them because I was if I could take the 930 class, they never brought back the 930 class Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Also, because it was also hard with all the moms, like kids at home every other day. Like that's technically mom time, like 930. It's usually when women come to the gym. And I asked if I could start a class. So now I've been doing this for like a year and a half and it's been really great. And I have learned so much from, from doing this. And I try to teach it like, my progressive overload that I train. Like I write a program and we stick to it for five weeks. So like the, the Monday workout is the same Monday for the next five times. Then Wednesday is the same and the Friday is the same. You know, it's a small group of which I actually prefer. I think strength training, you really can't do strength training with like more than 10 people. Right. Um, but they love it. And it's been so fun because some of the women came from like a fitness background, a few, and some of them have never, ever made time for themselves in this way. I love trying to find ways to modify movements to like meet women where they're at. Like some women really struggle with balance and things. And like, you know, like you can't just, I remember like the second week I was training, I was like, we're going to do Bulgarian split squats. And they like all fell over. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I've just learned so much. And also when I first started, I'm like, okay, 
I was doing two days a week. And I'm like, one day is going to be all upper body. The next day is going to be all lower body. And the women would come back and they're like, Julian, I can't move my arms. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, Joanne, just because you like to train and you're like more experienced lifter. So now it's, I do like a total body. So, and also it's better for people who can't come, but like, it's all the things that I think are important. So like they can come Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they can build that consistency. They can build that habit. I do some good programming and because it's a CrossFit gym, I have access to like a lot of weights. And then this is really cool. Um, the women really want to start deadlifting. I'm like the heaviest kettlebell I have is 90 pounds. And they're already like crushing the 90 pound kettlebell. And so we only have one trap bar. So I asked the owner if he could buy some more trap bars. And so now he is, they're coming this week and I get to teach like deadlifting. And and these women are so excited. And if you could see these women, they're just like regular moms who like love the feeling of being strong. And it makes me happy to share that part of myself with them. So it's been cool. That's cool. I love trap bars too. That's my favorite. It's my favorite way to deadlift. Yeah. To be honest. They're so much easier on my shoulders, I've learned. Yeah. And upper back. You know, yeah. it's mm-hmm. so much easier for certain people to get into position and to be able to like actually engage their lats more and feel the engagement versus having to lean back into a barbell. Yeah. I absolutely love the trap bar. Yeah, oh, I, I, you're inspiring me to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> and like I think sometimes you guys probably notice this like on social media, there's trends like somebody will make a post and it'll resonate and then everybody will kind of jump on it. And I even kind of felt the way this way too. There was a post um, a long time ago. It was like, your group fitness class is what's holding you back. And I get what they're trying to say, but I also think like, Hey, strength coaches, how about step into this and improve group fitness? Because there are, there are parts of it that women I can't, my class is not technically for women. I've only had a couple guys show it, but it's, you know, it's strength training, whether it's men or women, but like something about women, they really do love the community of coming together and lifting. I do have to tell them to zip the chatter quite a bit (laughs) and it really helps them build that consistency. These are not people who are going to show up to the gym like Iris and just lift on their own to a program. You know, like I just think instead of like maybe putting down group fitness, I think more people need to be stepping into it and like improving it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think just shifting it to the goals that the people actually want, right? Because, I mean, a lot of people do Tracy Anderson or the like, thinking that the outcome is going to be a certain way when it isn't. So just shifting what you're doing, and you can still find that community. Like, I also did Orange Theory for a while mm-hmm. when I was kind of trying to figure out what I even like to do. And they do community very, very well. But yeah. it's not hypertrophy. It's not for progressive overload. It's extremely mm-hmm. hard and dangerous to progressively overload with orange theory because it's different every time. Yeah. So my goals and a lot of people's goals, you know, overhearing conversations, they weren't being supported by like the movements, by the programming, by any of that. And I think that's also the disconnect with with group fitness. The community aspect is great, but what are you actually doing? Yeah. Well and that's what I just I did a post the other week about like asking yourself, like, what's your goal? And then like really looking mm-hmm. at how you get there. Cause there was a woman in my class who's just started in the new year and she's been great. She's been so consistent and she loves it. But then she was talking the other day and she's like, you know, well, I'm trying to do this. And then I joined this Peloton challenge, but I haven't been able to, and oh, I feel bad about this. And that was actually me. Like she's trying to do it and she has my class, which is great, but she's also trying to do all the things, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's something that women tend to do. 
that's how I used to feel. I'd be like, oh, I've got to lift heavy, but I also have to do yoga and I've got to do this. Like it was always this one thing that was missing. And I ended up like trying to do all the things. But if you ask yourself like what you want, and I think I really wanted like a round shoulder and I wanted to have like a fit look. And then I started to be more strategic about how, how I was going to get there. Mm -hmm. I love that. What are your goals and do your actions line up? And I think a lot of people don't know what actions line up, honestly, which is why we're all three of us are here (laughs) is to kind of shed light on that (laughs) because people are convinced of these things, right? The little dumbbells are feeling the burn in air quotes is what's going to get you those, that toned, that lean toned look. It's not. So what is? Right. Heavy weights, heavy for you weights with excellent form and progressive overload and enough freaking food. Yeah. 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 And like, my, I have a nice home gym downstairs too, that I'm trying to, I have one person who's been coming to train with me and I would love to have more people come to my house and train with them. My CrossFit gym is like, you know, it's not cute. And there's so much of women's fitness is designed to be kind of like cute, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I feel about this. Like I'm trying to get more people to come, more women to come check out my gym, which is not cute. There's no cute merchandise there. And like them to understand, like your fitness doesn't have to have an aesthetic sometimes. Yeah. One thing I kind of go back and forth on is this whole, like people don't like it when you villainize any type of movement because all movement's good. Like, I think that's one of the things I go back and forth and people are like, just move, you know, just move your body in ways that feels good. I get that. But I also think more people need to know about, there are certain ways that build muscle and there are certain things that don't. And yeah. You need to be more open about that. Women need to do more investigation about that. If you yeah. like bar, like that's great, but maybe, you know, your 80 year old self would be happier if you lifted two times a week with something heavier, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel exactly the same way. And I think both can be true, right? I mean, any movement is good movement. And if you have a specific goal that requires specific actions, and if your goal is to get lean and toned, or if your goal is to be strong when you're old, you do have to do some yeah. things. And you can blend that with the stuff that you want to do, like Brooke with your pole. Like you want to do that. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. also have goals of being strong. So you also do the stuff that you quote unquote have to do. And you found a way to blend them together. Like I know somebody who's a cyclist and she goes for like crazy rides. And she also strength trains and she's crushing both of them and she's found a way to blend them so she can recover and so she can sleep and so she can do both. Like the thing about Tracy Anderson, like I used to love the dancing. Like I really enjoyed putting on music and dancing and like I thought that's felt great. And like, but I think now every once in a while I'll go take a a dance class and maybe you feel this way about your poles. Like you can just go and enjoy pole. Like and not be like, yes, how many calories did I burn? Like, did I crush myself? Yes. Like it has to be an hour and a half. I would go take a dance Absolutely. class. Like that instructor sucked. That was wasted my time. I didn't, you know, sweat enough. And like now you can just go and enjoy those things for what they are. It doesn't feel like a workout in a sense. Like it feels like it's just something you're doing to fill your love cup. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, Joanne, thanks so much for hanging out with us. I've really enjoyed this well, conversation. This fun, guys. This is fun. I, you know, one of the things too about Jordan's program is I have a little online group of, I guess, probably like 10 of us women who all lift the same, follow his program. And it's so nice to like connect with women who all want to talk about the same things, you know, like it's really, it's been cool. So thanks for having You're me. You're very yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Tell everybody where they can find you, follow you, hang out, chat. Sure. I am at average, average Joanne fitness on Instagram. Cool. Well, if there is one thing you wanted to leave the listeners with, what would that be? Oh my gosh. I just lift heavy and take a look at how much protein you're eating and you can go pretty far with those two things. I love it. Cool. Cool. Totally agree. Thanks guys. This was really fun. Thank you so much, Joanne. Bye guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>